morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. friend of mine, again, that's uh, real close to him that made that connection for us. Uh, they're actually getting ready to celebrate his 88th birthday uh, today, actually. Uh, Gavin McLeod, he's actually helping minister at his church. They're tag-teaming it. And so, 88 years old. So, man, happy birthday, Captain. Man, that's amazing. Praise the Lord. And, and I'm telling you, the, the dude looks awesome. I'm like, 88? I mean, that's almost 90, and he looks good. I mean, well, you know those Hollywood guys. They, they know how to get it done. But anyway, <laughs> praise the Lord. Listen, I'm telling you, if I got it, you know, if I got, you know, when I get older, I nip, tuck, whatever I got to do to look good. I mean, if I got it, I'm going to do it. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, my wife says, listen, is that Botox stuff? Can we do that? I'm like, listen, baby, do whatever you need to do. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> Anyways, pray. I better just shut up before I get myself into trouble. Oh, but hey, kids, we're so glad that you're up here with us. It's an honor and a privilege to have you serving with us as our student leaders. You guys do an amazing job. It's so good and uh, so appreciate you. Hey, just that being said, I want to make mention of the fact that obviously as we're preparing for this Propel Conference, we're doing some renovations within the church, getting some things done that we've been wanting to do for a long time. And so if you have the desire just to help us throughout the week, uh, we could use all the manpower that we can get. Uh, we've been seeing a lot of woman power. Thank you, ladies. But we could use some manpower. Uh, that would help in some particular areas. But just that being said, because of some of the renovations and things that we're doing, some shifts that we're doing, uh, there's been some changes like within our cafe area, seating and tables and things like that. And, and, and one of the things that, that I, 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 I guess I failed to think of is that we're just creatures of habit, right? It's like, I, I like what I like, and, you know, you're messing with my system, you know. And so just bear with us. Uh, again, there's going to be some n- neat changes in the next few weeks, so just hang in with us and just uh, let the uh, comfort zone stretch a little bit. Praise the Lord, and we'll all be doing well. Amen? All right, praise God. Let's get into this this morning. Uh, I'm going to finish out my time during this series. My wife, is she's going to wrap it all up next week, and everybody just loves her. Um, uh, they, they seem to like me, but they love her. They just say, man, she does so good. And I'm like, well, I taught her everything that she knows. And so, <laughs> so you know, that's why she's as good as she is. And so... <laughs> you like that? So she'll be ministering next week to conclude this series of The Love Boat. And uh, obviously she'll give you a whole lot of honey and a whole lot of sugar and just love on you. Like, you know, just so praise God. So if you will, just for the sake of reviewing, if you remember week number one when we were talking about this love boat, we said that that love is our destination. You know, when you get on the boat or the ship, there is a destination that you're wanting to arrive to. You don't just get on the boat and just... Find yourself going wherever uh, the captain decides he wants to go. No, there is a destination. And so God says that there is a destination or there is an expression of what love looks like, right? 
Love's patient, love's kind. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, if you don't know, you can start in verse 4 through 10, I think it is, or through 8. And it begins to express what love looks like. And one of the things I mentioned to you, I said, you know, we can read that list of things of what love looks like. And we can say, you know what, I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing real good here. I'm doing real good there. There's only a couple things that I really struggle with. But you realize if you just have one thing that you struggle with, it's like putting an oar in the water uh, uh, when you're sitting in your boat. And if you're dragging an oar in your boat, do you know what happens to your direction? It changes. And so, therefore, it might be real subtle. It might take a long time. But if you leave that paddle in the, uh, the water long enough, you'll do one big circle. And you'll drive by the destination, drive by the destination, drive by the destination, but keep doing circles because I got that oar in the water. And God says, come on, let's walk in love. Let's perfect our love walk towards one another. Amen? Number two, or week number two, we said that communication is huge. This is more just of a practical thing that we address, but you realize that practical principles are biblically based, right? And so we said that communication is essential for conflict resolution, right? Good communication is essential. When you're on the boat, the captain communicates with everybody that is necessary in setting the course, right? And so, therefore, in communicating, you avoid the storms, you avoid the rough waters, you avoid the, the, the potential of running aground. And so, therefore, it keeps you out of harmful situations. And so, therefore, if we're going to experience uh, peaceful relationships, marriage, family Uh, dating relationship, work relationships, friendships, the communication is essential to be able to head us in the right direction. And this third week, we're going to get into this subject called boundaries. Boundaries. And so for good relationships, it's, it's essential for us to establish good boundaries. Once again, just using the example of the love boat, if you was to take that cruise, and I don't know if you grew up watching the love boat, but man, it just made uh, cruising look fun, right? I mean, this. I mean, if he's a single person, you're like, man, I'm gonna make a love connection on the love boat, man. Just, you know, you just, you, you just had a desire to go. But if you recall, a boat has railings, right? That ship has railings, and so therefore, the railings set boundaries for you. If you recall, or if you've ever been on a boat, there is specific areas of the ship that are age restrictive. So in other words, you got to be an adult. Maybe it's the casino, maybe it's the nightclub or whatever it might be. There's certain areas that are restricted or have boundaries based upon age. There might be particular areas that you go down a certain way and it says uh, dead end or employment only or employees only or staff only, right? So therefore it's saying you are not permitted to go into this place. So there is boundaries that are established. Well, what are those boundaries for? Are they to say, you know what, if we're going to set some boundaries, we just want to see to it that you don't have any fun. No, boundaries are always for your safety. Boundaries are always for your well-being, aren't they? God desires that we have established boundaries with Him. God establishes boundaries with us as well. And really, those boundaries are an expression of His love. Let me say that again because people have a wrong mentality about boundaries when it comes with God. God just don't want me to have fun. Church is all about the do's and the don'ts. You realize that really church or the word of God is not about the don'ts. It's about the do's. 
If you look at God the right way and look at his heart, God wants you to know all the things that you can do. But unfortunately, we look at the things that God says don't do. Well, those things that God says don't do are boundaries because he loves us. He's looking to establish a welfare or a livelihood of blessing and it's established by boundaries. We see that right from the very beginning. Again, to establish the point that I made. You look at the garden when God made his first man and first woman. <clears throat> he said, all this is yours. Everything. I made it for you. You have access to everything except one thing. Just one thing. But what did the man focus on? The one thing. <laughs> I can't do that. Really, it looks really good. It looks really fun. But what was God doing? He established boundaries out of love for the welfare of his people. And that's exactly what God wants us to understand, that boundaries are there to better us. In our relationships, we have to establish boundaries. In fact, if we do not establish boundaries, we are not exercising love. I'll say that again because that's a strong statement. When it comes to my children, if I don't establish boundaries, I'm not exercising love. If there's not boundaries within my marriage, within my relationships, I'm not exercising love. Love or true love establishes boundaries. And whenever we're in a relationship, whether it's with our children, whether our dating relationship, our marriage relationship, if you have employees or anything of that nature, it is always important to establish boundaries early. In fact, if you've ever flown, you get on the plane, and before you even take off, there's somebody that stands up and says, okay, here's a boundary. Make sure your seatbelt's on. Then they say, now listen, if we experience turbulence while we're up there in the air, uh, there's going to be these things that drop down. That's your oxygen. Now here's the boundary. If you're a parent, put yours on first, then service your children. Now are they saying, listen, we don't want you to have fun on this airplane. No, they're saying, we care about your welfare. And before you ever get started, at the very beginning of the trip, they're establishing the boundaries, right? And so when it comes to our life, our relationships, it's important for us to set boundaries early. Because how many of you know that when you don't set boundaries, it can come to bite you down the road? Because once you get down the road, you say, okay, whoa, 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 whoa. And you're like, what do you mean, whoa, whoa, whoa? We never had a whoa, whoa, whoa before. And now you're trying to change the rules, right? So there's always a rub in conflict when we try to initiate boundaries that we haven't done at the very beginning. And so God's saying, I need you to establish boundaries in your life for the sake of your relationship because it is an expression of love. So what is boundaries? Just to give you some simple definitions of that, it's taking a stand against the things that destroy love. I'll say that again. To establish boundaries is to take a stand against the things that destroy love. You see, the enemy's coming to steal, kill, and destroy. And those boundaries limit his access to our lives, to our children, to our family. Setting limits creates an internal structure. It creates a self-identity. It creates responsibility. And it creates self-control when I establish boundaries in my life. 
In relationships, boundaries help define us. I said boundaries help define us. Where do I end and where do you start? Amen? How many of you know that marriages are in a mess because there is no clear definition of boundaries? And so you oftentimes got women trying to do the men's role and the men saying, well, hey, since you're doing that, just keep on. <laughs> right? <laughs> Remember last week I said that, and, it, and it's a strong statement, I know, but I had to examine my own self. Men, we do what we want to do. Women do what they have to do. I mean, I, 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 <laughs> one woman says, yes, I'm brave enough to say it. Yes. <laughs> we, we do, us guys. We do what we want to do. I, I told you last week, I mean, I'm sitting here flipping through the t channels, watching TV, and my wife's over there doing dishes. Well, if she don't do the dishes, what happens? They stack up and pile up. She's doing what she has to do. So, again, establishing relationship, it defines where I begin or where I end or where you begin or where you end. So let's look at a couple different things. There's, there's a, a really a, a main area that we're going to camp on this morning. And when I get to that particular area, it will also filter over to every area. But let's just address a couple different areas of relationships. Concerning our dating relationships. If you're dating, if you're looking for a significant other or waiting for that other one to finally ask you that, that wonderful question you've been asking or wa wanting them to ask. Again, when it comes to dating... There needs to be a standard. You, we need to establish boundaries. So one of the first boundaries that we establish is, do they look good? Right? I mean, dear God, God don't want you to be married to somebody that every time you wake up, you're thinking, dear God, go back to sleep, man. You know? <laughs> no, he understands that you want to have a standard or a boundary of somebody that you're physically attracted to, right? But that cannot be the end-all, be-all. Because you realize there can be somebody that's really pretty but dumb as a box of rocks. So you want to be physically attracted, but there's got to be more substance than just, just the, the physical attraction, right? In fact, I'm reminded of, of one uh, a story of a husband and wife, they went into a pet store and uh, they were looking for a, a dog. But as they went into the pet store, they passed this parrot at the front of the store. And the parrot says to the woman, he goes, hey. She says, what? He says, you're ugly. And she was extremely offended. And her hu husband says, I can't believe that parrot said that to you. He said, what did you say? The parrot says, your wife's ugly. And so they go up to the store owner and says, I cannot believe what your parrot just said to my wife. In fact, I came in here to buy a dog, but because of how your parrot treated my wife, I ain't going to give him my business. So he goes over there, opens up the cage the, the owner does. He slaps up the parrot up inside and said, I told you to stop talking mean to my customers. Now you shut up and sit in there and be quiet. And he says, I'm sorry about my parrot that he treated you so rudely. And they said, well, we appreciate you handling the business of taking care of your parrot. So they continued to look around a little bit more, but decided to leave after that. They walked by the parrot. Parrot says to the woman again, hey. She says, what? He goes, you know what. <laughs> so so you, you don't want to marry somebody that's ugly, right? So beyond the good looks, beyond just the physical attraction, you've got to have some boundaries. Are they a believer? You know, the Bible tells us very clearly, don't be unequally yoked with an unbeliever. 
Now, that doesn't mean just somebody that is a Christian. You want to be at the same plane or same place with that other person that calls themselves a believer. If not, you're unequal, and it causes conflict within a marriage. So are they a believer? And I'm a firm believer or I'm a, I'm a, a billboard story person that can tell you that just because it walks like a duck and talks like a duck doesn't make it a duck. You know what I mean by that? Uh, there's been dating relationships that I've had in the past that they've said, oh, yeah, praise the Lord, glory to God, just love Jesus. And they were from the pit of hell. They were nothing more than a distraction. So you've got to set boundaries and have an inward knowing, okay, is this person the person that I need to be with? All right, another one, do they have a job? Do they work? I mean, good looks only go so far. But do they, do they have a job? Do they still live with mama? Do they have their own place? Do they have a car? How many times have they been married? You know, if they've been married more than once, then there's a common denominator, and it wasn't the other person. You know what I'm saying? So you might be ended up being number three, number four, number five, depending on how many times they've been married. So you want to, again, establish boundaries and get all the information out there. Then obviously, we obviously can't, can't move on without talking about intimacy. God talks about intimacy between a man and a woman, but he sets the boundaries that it's a husband and a wife. And here's the thing. We're not going to get into a lot of detail on that, but when you step beyond God's boundary in this particular area, all those other things that we just mentioned fly out the window. Because once you get physical with somebody, oh, man, I don't care whether they have a job or not. We're just so good together. Right? So again, your, your ability to see clearly gets clouded the moment you step beyond the God boundary. All right, let's continue looking at marriage. Talked about re the relationship. In fact, for that matter, listen, if you're a single person, if you're a single person and you're saying, God, I need somebody, here's one of the things that I encourage you. If you're a lady, then I would encourage you to pray for that man to come to your church. Because by default, if you're praying for a believing man, he's probably already got a good church that he's going to. And therefore, women marry the men, and therefore they leave their church because they're going to follow the man. It's just kind of a natural order of things. You understand? But if God's called you to be here, then God needs you to be here. He don't need you to get pulled away from here just because you've got the desire for a good-looking man. So why don't you pray for a good-looking man to show up and say, man, this church is what I've been looking for, and look at what I found along the way. <laughs> found you too. Come on. So pray him in. Believe God that he's sending the right man to your church. Right? Come on. And if, <laughs> if you're a guy, pray that she shows up to your church as well. Come on. I'll leave that one alone. Glory to God. Amen. All right, so let's talk about marriage. Talking about marriage and talking about Boundaries. Again, boundaries are essential in the relationship of a marriage. When it comes to a marriage, here's one of the things that we find as a contradiction. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 5, uh, verse 31, it says that God has designed for a husband and wife to be united and become one flesh. So if we're becoming one flesh, then how in the world should we set boundaries? Because by nature, boundaries bring about separation. But how many of you know 
that without boundaries, that is probably one of the number one reasons why marriages don't work because there's no boundaries, no communication, nothing to establish a foundation upon between a man and a woman. So it would appear on the front side as though it brings separation, but in reality, it brings unity. And so once again, we're purposing to establish boundaries, and when marriage fails, again, we see it's a boundary issue. Setting limits, setting limitations, it's an act of love. What it does is it keeps out the bad, and it brings in the good. Remember we said that boundaries are really the expression of love. Well, for instance, you know, husbands and wives. I'm going to get on a little, just tuck your feet under the chair for a minute. We won't step on your toes or nothing. But, you know, there's so many things that we pr- allow, in our ch- or allow in our homes. I-, I was watching, in fact, I just turned this on yesterday. Uh, I'm big Chuck Norris fan, and so I, I turned on a show yesterday, uh, Lone Wolf McQuaid. It's an old movie back in, I think, in the mid-80s, Chuck Norris. And so I told my kids, hey, here's the Chuck Norris movie. Come on, let's, you know, let's watch it. And it was rated G. So I'm thinking, this is a good movie that my kids can watch, Chuck Norris, man. Well, then as they're interacting, then there was a few foul words that came by. And I was like, well, that's enough. I turned it off. I'm like, they're like, why are you turning it off? I said, well, I said, listen, I said, we don't need to have those kind of words listening or uh, be listening to those words. And the thing that surprised me is that my kids said, we didn't even hear it. And so that even kind of troubled me more. I'm thinking, well, are they so immune to it based upon what they hear at school that they didn't even catch it? Right? But see, I'm establishing boundaries with them in my home. Not going to permit that kind of thing for my children to be subject to. And again, we could spend a lot of time establishing boundaries as to what we let in our home, what we see before our eyes, what we let in our ears, what we permit our kids to be a part of. In fact, I heard this one time, uh, this, uh, the, a parent was saying, yeah, my, my, my child is coming home and we're going to binge watch this particular movie on HBO. Well, this HBO movie that I'm thinking of is one that is won Oscars. I'm not going to mention the name because you might like it. But everybody that I've ever talked to said it's basically softcore porn. And I'm thinking, and you're going to binge watch that with your teenage boy? Like, come on. Where's the boundaries? And we wonder why we have issues in our home. All right, praise the Lord. You're getting quiet on me. Did, did, did I lose you on that one? <laughs> All right. So as I said, setting limits is really an act of love. Oftentimes we take responsibilities for other people to try to protect them. But oftentimes those boundaries allows there to be people or allows people to feel the consequences of decisions. You realize you can't protect everybody. You have to allow them to experience the consequence of decisions. And for a husband and wife, what do we oftentimes try to do? We try to protect the other person. Well, there's times that we've just got to allow ourselves to say, you know what? I'm setting a standard and you're going to have to grow in that particular area the most responsible things oftentimes is the hardest to take a stand to be honest and open and transparent amen all right what about kids when it comes to our children is it important to establish boundaries absolutely now we're going to talk about children that are in the home obviously i'm an older individual 
I was talking to my parents uh, just yesterday, I think it was, no, maybe it was two days ago, and I was talking about some insurance stuff that I'm doing, and I said, you know, the insurance that I'm doing, you know, it's for 20 years, and I said, that will take me up almost to 70, and, and my mom says, whoo, 70, 20 years will fly by before you know it, I'm like, that means in 20 years, you're going to be out of here, <laughs> anyways, you know, Again, it is the reality, man. We're getting older, but I have young kids within my home. And so I'm looking to protect my kids, right? I'm setting boundaries for my children and, and those things that are ahead of me. But you realize that there are also parents that have adult children. But you see, you've got to establish boundaries in those relationships as well. There was a woman in our first church that we pastored. And uh, I think she drove a truck for a living, like an over-the-road truck. And she got hurt on the job, and there, there was a settlement, I think a workman's comp settlement that she got. And I think she got over a hundred grand for the settlement. And the reason that I know this is because her tithe was like $10,000. Thank God for tithing people, praise the Lord. You know what I mean? And so, uh, like I said, I, I, she got this settlement. And so she came and she was asking me, she was a single woman. She goes, hey, listen, can you give me some advice for a house? And what do you think? And I got this option and this option. And so we just kind of helped, you know, give her some instruction. I said, listen, I'll go look at a house or whatever, you know, see if it's structurally sound. You just let me know. And she lived in a really rundown trailer, in a, in a trailer park. And uh, she was looking to, to, again, get into a house. Well, her children, adult children, found out her settlement and so they said listen mom we need some help can you give us a loan and so her adult children swindled her money and you know they never paid it back you know she stayed living in that little beat up rundown trailer well see you love your kids but at the same time as adults or grown children you've got to establish boundaries and only you can define what those are but for the sake of expressing love not only for your children but for yourselves you establish boundaries right and not be taken advantage of all right so when it comes to parenting that have children this would be also applicable to 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 grandparents as well but when we set boundaries we begin to shape our children into the people that they're going to become into the adults that they'll someday be. We establish character in our children as a result of establishing boundaries. Boundaries also help develop their values. They will help direct them in how well they'll do in school. It will direct in what kinds of friends that they, that they pick. It will, it will affect the kind of person that they marry. It will also affect what they maybe do as a career because of the boundaries that you establish for them. My children, my girls... They were asking me one day, this was, a, I think, maybe a year and a half ago, and not that they were interested, but they asked me the question. They said, hey, Dad, you know, what's a good dating age? You know, when, when do you think we'll be old enough to date? And I said, 21. So that would be a good age. And so just because I said it, they're like, okay. And so the one daughter, she said a couple of weeks later, they were talking at school, and uh, one of the friends was talking about dating, and, and so she's like, yeah, my dad said that, you know, when we're about 21, we can start dating, so, you know, about 21, I will, and I'm thinking, praise the Lord, you know, set a boundary already, you know, come on, and so once again, your boundaries will help shape your children, and children will, children will need to have a, 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 an opportunity 
to know to how, how to have self-control, to make choices for themselves. And so as a result of setting those boundaries, they don't learn to be dependent upon mom and dad for the rest of their life. They begin to grow into young men and women. They learn how to make decisions. They learn how to learn from their mistakes. They become confident in who they are. You establish boundaries with God's framework. I said you establish boundaries through God's framework, and therefore they learn how to establish their own limits and boundaries. Moms and dads, you realize that God gave us kids as a gift, and therefore we're to give them back to Him and shaping them and molding them. Now, there's this philosophy, and, and again, I know it's, it's one of those controversial things, but it seems as though through the, the years it has become more prevalent but oftentimes you'll see individuals that take this attitude when it comes to their children is that, you know, rather than setting boundaries, I'm just going to let my kids grow organically. In other words, there will just be natural boundaries that show up by themselves. But the question is, is does that line up with the Word of God? It doesn't. And whatever we end up doing, again, that whole philosophy oftentimes takes a stand against what destroys love because they're fearful to take a stand, to set limitations. What if my kids get mad at me? What if they do? I've had one of my children say to me, I, I just wanna, I just want, I want to move out. I'm like, okay, let me get your bag for you. <laughs> Let's make this easy. If you don't like it here, Hey, come on. My son this morning, I was playing with him. He, I, I was uh, goofing around with him. and He says, get out of my room. And I said, this isn't your room. I said, this is my room. I just let you live here. <laughs> right? Again, set, setting boundaries. And, and, and I'm gonna, uh, listen to what I'm going to say. This whole idea of organic parenting has really been a means by which We've let this new age thinking bully us into fear, and therefore we parent our children out of fear. Well, I might damage my child. You'll damage your child if you don't set boundaries. Because boundaries is an expression of God's love and your love for them. It's a good time to say amen, praise the Lord. You might not like it, but praise the Lord, it's true anyways. All right, so Proverbs chapter 22 all the new people said, man, I don't like the way that guy preaches. <laughs> My wife will be real nice next week, okay? Praise God. All right, Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6 says this. Train up a child in the ways that he should go, and when he's old, they'll not depart from them. That word train means to mold, to shape, to direct, to correct, and also to, ex to express punishment. And the punishment is corporal punishment. There's all this idea well I don't do that well that's fine you parent however you want to but scripturally speaking the Bible says spare the rod spoil the child I was we we, we read with our children the the Bible sometimes and uh, uh, we said a day and uh, we were reading I think Proverbs and I, my daughter was reading that particular scripture she goes what does that mean I said God said if I don't spank you I'm a bad daddy <laughs> and she says it said what I said, yeah, God said I'm supposed to swat you. <laughs> she goes, no way. I said, read it again. She's like, wow. Let's move on to the next verse, all right? 
And again, we're not endorsing beating your kids. You understand what I'm saying? I'm talking about boundaries. That's really the point that I'm trying to make. You parent however you want to, praise God. All right, so in regards to parenting our children, uh, again, establishing boundaries. Now, boundaries create specific things. And I'm winding down with these next few points. And these points that I make are applicable to every relationship or every kind of interaction with people. But again, we're applying them to children. Number one, boundaries will create a sense of self-worth. In other words, kids will learn self-confidence. They'll learn to love themselves. They'll learn to know that they're worth more than what somebody else is trying to share with them. Some guy comes and starts to, you know, get all cute with your little girl, but your girl says, listen, if you can't meet the standard of my dad, then you don't have any, any business being around me. Little boys that says, listen, if you don't know how to be like my mom, a mom that prays and a mom that knows how to love our kids and love her daddy, then you don't need to be coming around here. Again, that they have self-worth. Number two, when we have boundaries, we create children that have big vision. What does that mean? Proverbs chapter 26, verse 18, it says, When people don't accept divine guidance, they run wild. One, One scripture says this, Without a vision, people perish. So in other words, as we begin to set boundaries, our kids begin to set goals that they say, you know what? I believe for bigger. I believe for more. I know that we can do more than what we're accomplishing right now because we serve a big God, right? And here's the thing. Kids don't automatically think that way. They have to be trained to think with vision. They have to be taught how to expect big and desire big and to say that we got a big God that does great things. Amen? Amen. It's our role as parents. I had a mom one time ask me, says, uh, uh, how do I get my kids to come to church? I said, well, how old are your kids? Eight and 11. And, and I could feel it rising up on the inside of me. I'm like, okay, I got, I got to handle this like, you know, just real pastorly like, you know. And so I answered it real politically correct, you know. But I did ask the question. I said, do you, do you, does your kids go to school? And she said, yeah. I said, do they like going to school? They said, no. I said, but they go anyways, right? And they're like, she's like, yeah. And I said, well, you make them come to church. Eight years old, ten years old. Again, I don't know about your kids. My kids at eight years old, ten years old, don't have a choice. In fact, the Bible says this, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. If my kids, they won't, but if my kids are living with me at the age of 30, they won't. (laughs) But if my kids are living with me at the age of 30, they will be going to church. No questions asked. You say, well, how can you make your kids? As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. If you're going to live here, you're going to church. All right, praise the Lord. Man, why are we getting so mean and hostile this morning? Come on. All right. (laughs) All right. The third thing, we have to teach our kids how to love math. And what that means is is we've got to teach our kids how to balance a budget, a bank book, a lifestyle, and know how to manage money. Because if we don't, our kids will be worse off than we are. 97% of the population of the United States does not balance their accounts, and therefore that's why we're in such a disaster. Amen? So listen, we teach our kids how to love math. Number four, I believe it is, organizational and time management skills. We ought to teach our kids how to read a calendar. We ought to teach our kids how to, how, how to read a clock or tell time. 
How many of you know? <laughs> well, I'm not going to ask you this question. How many of you show up on time? Don't raise your hand. How many of you are chronically late all the time? Listen, if that's your lifestyle, you're going to produce that in your kids. And listen, God always shows up on time. You don't want to show up late when God was on time and you've missed it. Amen? So teaching our kids how to have time management and organizational skills. And again, we could take, we could take a whole service on all of these. The next thing is a teachable spirit. A teachable spirit. In Matthew chapter 23, verse 12, it says, And whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. How many of you know that you get paid for two things in your life? You get paid for what you know and for what you do. And so it would be real good for our children to be teachable. You know, when it comes to talent, talent will not su supersede teachability. Because if you're teachable, then we can help you get talented. But if you're talented and you think you know it all, man, you can't go nowhere. Teaching our kids to have a teachable attitude. And then lastly, having, I guess two more I have, communication skills. Teaching our kids to communicate or to speak well. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 29 says, Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything that you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Children learn mainly how to speak through what they hear. So what are they hearing you say? Are you positive? Are you negative? Are you using foul language? Are you using language of love? Are you being nice to your wife, to your husband? Because however they see you saying or talking to them is exactly how they're going to interact. And then the last one. Teach your kids how to have a sense of humor. Teach your kids how to laugh and not take life so seriously. And I don't know if you're like me, but this one is a difficult one because I tend to be about business. And so sometimes, well, I, I'll say it this way, my joy is in what I do. But I've got to learn just to stop in the moment and say, let's just purpose to have fun. In fact, my wife and I, <laughs> yesterday, she was downstairs and she came and she was goofing off. And so she started laughing. So I started imitating her laughing. And then she started laughing at me, imitating her laughing. And I started laughing at her laughing at me. So we started laughing. And then Addison, she's up at the top of the steps. She goes, you guys are weird. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was good for our kids to hear mom and dad laughing. Nobody wants to do life with a pickle face. Right? Let's purpose to do life together and enjoy life together. How many of you know that boundaries takes work? It takes discipline. It takes responsibility. And it's not always easy. And there's going to be times where you get pushback. But let me encourage you. Boundaries are worth it. Amen? Let's stand. Everything in our life revolves around boundaries. There are people that are here this morning because you established in a boundary and you showed up on church. There are people that didn't come this morning because somehow the boundary got moved. And I don't say that to be critical. I'm just saying it is what it is. 
If you go to work tomorrow, it's because you established a boundary. If you get your kids to school on time, it's because you established a boundary. Everything has boundaries. And God says boundaries are an expression of love. And the more you'll do it and establish structure, the more successful our relationships, our work life, our marriages, our church become because of established boundaries. Can you say amen? Amen. amen. So we're just going to get on a love boat, take the cruise, find the destination, and establish those boundaries. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every single person that's here this morning. And I know we joked and made light of some things, and we talked sternly in some areas, and obviously we're not talking sternly for the sake of being abrasive, but God, you love us so much. And you have such high hopes for us. And you have such great things in store. But you've established boundaries. And so God, help us see clearly how to come in line with those boundaries as husbands and wives, as mothers and fathers, as sons and daughters, and just your people in general. God, I pray that you would give us the strength, the wisdom, the ability to see the areas in which we need to tighten up to loosen up on or whatever else might be we thank you for it in Jesus name we thank you that this church is going further and taking the next step because of boundaries of doing things better than we've ever done before and God if there's anybody here under the sound of my voice that has not met the requirement or the boundary that you've established the boundary that you said, in order to come to heaven, you have to receive Jesus, my son. The boundary was not established that we've got to qualify to earn it. You just said, all we have to do is come and humbly say, God, forgive me. Come into my life. I want Jesus. And you said, that's all the criteria we need to meet, and therefore we can be welcome into your family. So if there's anybody here under the sound of my voice, that you say, I don't know Jesus. I, I, I believe in God. See, again, believing in God is beyond the boundaries. Because this believing in God doesn't get you to heaven. He established the boundary that says not only believing, but you have to receive Jesus. If you're here this morning and you say, I've never asked Jesus to come into my heart. I've never received Christ as my Savior. I want to give you that opportunity and to establish an eternal boundary this morning. So if you're here this morning, nobody's looking around. I'm not going to embarrass you and call you out. I'm not going to call you up front. But one thing that I will ask you to do with nobody looking around, if you're saying this morning, I want to set a boundary in my life and receive Jesus and know that I have eternal salvation through Jesus, would you just raise your hand right now? Raise your hand. I see that hand. Anybody else? Can you put it down once you put it up? Anybody else to say, you know what? I want Jesus. I want to know that I know that I know. Anybody else? All right. If today was just for one person, I'm okay with that. Heaven is rejoicing today. Amen. So here's what I want you to do. You might have said, you know what, I, I'm a little, little timid to raise my hand. That's okay. But we're going to pray as a church together out loud. I'm going to lead you. And if you think, well, I wanted to, 
but I didn't, then you just pray this prayer and mean it from your heart. Okay, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for my sin. It was for my punishment, but you did it for me. He also went to the, went to the grave and rose from the grave and went to hell on my sake. Or for my sake. <laughs> and I thank you for salvation, for your love. And I ask you now to come into my heart, be my Lord, be my Savior. Forgive me of my sins. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. to this podcast and take a look at all of our social media sites which can be found at our website gvchurch.tv we know that today's message has been a blessing to you thanks for listening we are genesee valley church loving god loving people and loving life